Over just a moment, I want you to think of a time that you were so full, that you ate so much, you thought, I'm never going to eat again. See, when I think about a time like this, I think about a time I took a trip with a bunch of college buddies back in college, and if, uh, if I had to come up with a theme for this weekend, the theme I would come up with is probably meat with a side of meat. You see, I remember going to the grocery store and buying uh, food for this weekend. I remember going and buying uh, a large package of pork chops. I remember buying uh, three of the biggest, juiciest steaks you've ever seen. I remember going and buying these chicken breasts that uh, a friend of mine looked at and said, those aren't chicken breasts, those are chicken loaves. You know, later that night, uh, we arrived in Wisconsin, and we ate like kings, we ate like kings because that was just the meat that we bought for the first night of this trip. And uh, later that evening, uh, the, the night sort of comes to a close out in the living room. We're eating dessert. My eyelids are getting heavy. All the blood in my body is uh, right here in my stomach trying to digest all of this food, a thousand pounds of meat. And that's when I think, I'm never going to eat again. I mean, have you ever uh, been in uh, a situation like this, a situation where you thought, I'm never going to need any more food? Or maybe a, a Thanksgiving dinner or a, a family celebration or, uh, or a baby shower that's put on for you by a bunch of other guys. I mean, have you ever been there before? See, I'd imagine uh, that many of us uh, can think of a time or two in our lives where we've been really full like this. Uh, but here's the punchline uh, to my story. That night I go to bed. The next morning I wake up and I'm hungry again. I go and grab a, a large plate of eggs, a pork chop that was left over from the night before, and an apple because I say to myself, well, you got to be healthy. Uh, but you see, this is just how it works. Now, how much food you eat, you will always be hungry again. The reason I tell this story is because this is exactly uh, what happens in our reading today. Jesus feeds a whole bunch of people, uh, but now it's the next day, and these people are hungry again. And Jesus uses this story to teach us something very uh, important about our deepest hungers in life. Uh, Not just about our, our physical hungers, but our deepest hungers in life, that those deepest hungers can only be satisfied in him. And this is why Jesus calls himself the bread of life. And he brings us uh, today's reading from John chapter 6, and what we already know is that Jesus has just fed a bunch of people. He sees out in the wilderness, it's getting late in the day, and he, he takes five loaves and two fish, and he feeds 5,000 people. Actually, he feeds uh, 5,000 men. We're not even sure how many women and children were there uh, that he fed. And what we learn is that when it's all over, when the, the meal is done, he sends his disciples out to collect all of the leftovers, and they collect so many leftovers uh, that there are 12 baskets full. And so it's sort of like uh, showing up to a party with your family, and you've only brought uh, a little snack for your kids Uh, But then you realize that there's no food at this party. The host takes the snack for your kids, feeds everyone at the party, and sends everyone else home with leftovers. You see, this sort of explains uh, these two rather significant things that happen between this miracle and the reading we just heard. And the first significant thing is this. uh, The people who see it are stunned and amazed. 
Uh, they're so stunned and amazed that they are ready to go and make Jesus king. And they're ready to make Jesus king even if they have to do so by force. And that uh, leads to the second significant thing that happens between this miracle and today's reading. Jesus slips away. He slips away with his disciples, and uh, this is probably the piece that many of us remember because Jesus sends his disciples on ahead of them, and then he goes walking to them out on the water. And uh, what happens next is the curtain rises on today's reading. It's early the next morning, and the people realize that Jesus has disappeared, and so they go looking for him. And uh, they finally find him a few miles away uh, in a place called Capernaum. Capernaum is uh, not only the place where Jesus' boats land uh, later that night after walking on the water, it's also home base for much of his ministry, and so it's little surprise that they find him there. And when they do, uh, this crowd is a lot like me the night after that giant dinner I had with my college buddies. They're hungry. Lord, give us this food always to eat. You see, here's what I want you to notice uh, in this reading. Jesus doesn't just offer them more. He doesn't just offer them more of what they already have, more of what will eventually run out, more of what is going to go bad. Instead, Jesus offers them something different. I am the bread of life what Jesus says to them. I am the bread of life. Uh, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. Uh, now, uh, late last summer, uh, Andrea Grant and I had an opportunity uh, to get away for a week. Uh, we decided to go uh, visit my folks and my family up in Chicago, and so we went, uh, hopped in the car, headed up 55, and got to visit them. When we were there, we decided to make it a priority uh, to visit my great aunt. Now, you see, she uh, relocated from Los Angeles to the Chicago area about five years ago uh, to be a little closer to my family. Uh, but late last spring, uh, she had a pretty bad fall, and that's why uh, we wanted to go and visit her while we were there. And, you know, uh, she and I are pretty close, and uh, and when her fall happened, it was still early days in the pandemic. I mean, the news was telling all these stories about what was going on in nursing homes and rehab facilities, and, uh, and the thought of spending a couple of weeks or a couple of months in a place like this had my, my great aunt absolutely terrified. Anyway, uh, we talked on and off during that time, and uh, that's why we wanted to visit her uh, when we went up there. Uh, but what we discovered late last summer, and what many of us already know is that uh, getting into a rehab facility late last summer was almost impossible. And uh, so we decided to get a little creative. We drove to the place where she was staying. We walked around to the backside of the building. We found her window, and we spent, I don't know, 15, 30 minutes with her. And by with her, I mean uh, on the phone and talking through uh, the window, but as I stuck, uh, talked with my great aunt, what struck me was uh, her changing concern. See, in the early days of the pandemic, uh, her biggest concern uh, was staying healthy. I mean, I remember her telling me on the phone, Steve, uh, I'm afraid they're going to take me out of here in a body bag. 
I mean, you know, a couple of months later, and uh, the lack of human interaction had really started to set in, and, and that's when I heard her saying to me, you know, Steve, I see the same three nurses every day, and that's it. You know, what she discovered uh, is what I think many of us have learned over the past 18 months, uh, that, that life is multidimensional, that life is more than just a beating heart and breathing lungs. And that's not to say that we don't care about our physical health, that we're reckless or cavalier, but it is to say uh, that a life lived to its fullest is about more than just not getting sick. I mean, it's about spending time together. It's about, uh, it's about eating a good meal or reading a good book. It's about uh, trying something hard and succeeding, or it's... Uh, It's about trying something hard and not succeeding. It's about knowing that you're needed, that you belong, that there's a place for you. And as a pastor, I'd even add to that list that it is about knowing that there is a God who loves you and cares for you no matter what, and that there is a God who loves you so much that he's not willing to just let you stay where you are. You see, it's this reality that Jesus has in mind uh, when this large crowd catches up with him. Uh, Give us this bread always. That's what they say to him. You see, he knows that no matter how much you eat, you're always going to be hungry again. And so he doesn't just offer them more bread. He offers them different bread. He offers them himself so that they will never go hungry again. Now, a little over 10 years ago, the United States Department of Agriculture published a study on what they like to call food deserts, Uh, urban locations that are more than a mile and rural locations that are more than 10 miles from the nearest grocery store. And uh, what they discovered is that there are some 23 million Americans who live in food deserts. Uh, that many of the people living in food deserts tend to uh, find their primary source of nutrition from places like fast food restaurants, and convenience stores, and uh, that they tend to deal with problems like obesity and heart disease at at much higher rates uh, than the average American. And and over the past 10 years, uh, this has led many to wonder, you know, is is there anything that we can do about this? And the research on this topic, it's, uh, it's extensive, and it essentially says it's complicated. See, it essentially says uh, that there is no one single silver bullet uh, that will solve all of these problems. Uh, But the basic observation that there are 23 million Americans living in food deserts has me thinking about how Jesus would look at our lives. You know, if, uh, if Jesus looked at our lives, what would he notice? I think what he would notice is a whole bunch of people who are trying to be healthy Uh, but a whole bunch of people who are trying to be healthy on fast food. Food that fills you up, but food that also always leaves you wanting for more. You see, we have these spiritual hungers in life. Am I valuable? Am I wanted? Is there a place for me? Do I belong? Am I forgiven? Am I a part of something bigger than myself? But the problem, the place where sin creeps in, is that we try to satisfy this hunger with the wrong kind of food. We try to satisfy this hunger with with likes on Facebook or or hearts on Instagram. 
try to satisfy this hunger by, by getting a promotion or getting good grades or getting on the team or, or making sure that the team actually plays because there's a whole bunch of other people who don't want the team to play because there's this pandemic going on or, or maybe it's because we're drinking too much or working too much or shopping too much or, or it's about finally, uh, finally having a job or finally having a spouse or finally having kids or it's living in the right neighborhood or going to the right school or, or even worshiping at the right church. And the fascinating thing is that there, is, there isn't a whole lot wrong with any one of these things by themselves. They just won't fill you up. And so you'll always find yourself wanting for more. And, and that's why Jesus doesn't just offer us more, more of what we already have. Instead, he offers us something different. He offers us himself. And so, you know, maybe you're uh, looking for a place to belong. Well, well, Jesus says, you can come join my family. You can belong to the family of God, the, the family that has as its father the, the one who created everything there is. The family who has as its brother, the, the one who redeemed us all, the one who has as its member of the spirit who is, is with us even right now. You know, maybe you're looking for a sense of meaning and purpose, a sense of accomplishment in your life. Well, Jesus says you can have it uh, because you have these gifts and have already given them to you. And you, you don't have to uh, do anything special. You don't have to learn anything special. You don't have to go anywhere special because you can use them right now because you are God's hands and feet in this world. Or you know, maybe it's just uh, this question, where do I stand with God? You know all the stuff in your life, all the sin, all the brokenness, all the hurt, all the pain, all the reasons for shame, and you wonder, where do I stand with God? Well, well Jesus says, you stand where I say you stand. And you stand where you stand, forgiven because of a cross and an empty tomb. You see, what we are unable to satisfy in our lives, Jesus satisfies. And that's why we look at him and we call him the bread of life. Now, the book of uh, Genesis and its account of creation, part of which uh, you just heard, uh, paints this this picture of this one brief shining moment uh, where everything is really good. You know, uh, humanity has safety and security. We, we all walk in the presence of God. Uh, but then if you remember, uh, we blow it. Uh, we mess up. We disobey. We're given one command and we don't listen to God. Oh, you see, there's this fascinating thing uh, about this story, something that I, I didn't notice probably the first dozen or so times I heard this story. Uh, there isn't just one tree in the Garden of Eden. There are two trees See, the first tree is uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is the tree from which Adam and Eve eat and the tree uh, from which they disobey and which they are sent out of the garden. But there are two trees in the garden. The second tree is the tree of life. And it's because of the first tree uh, that we are sent away from the second tree. We see what we discover uh, in Scripture, what we discover in today's reading is that we're not sent away forever, and we're not sent away because of Jesus. 
See, the hopes and dreams that God had for us in the garden would be a, a life lived with him forever. And we blow that dream. We're given one command and we disobey. But in Jesus, the bread of life, we discover the hopes and dreams of the tree of life. The kind of life that God would have for us back in the garden. So once again, we find ourselves in the presence of God, a presence that surrounds us each and every day, a presence that we encounter at that table where God feeds us, where God nourishes us, where God promises us bread that really will last. And with that kind of bread, the bread that God gives to us, we are given strength and confidence and courage to be his people this day and every day in the world.